Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today to discuss everything related to Pompey at this moment in time is Jordan Cross and Pepe Lacey. Lads, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, it's not the greatest timing, is it, when you consider a 2 0 defeat away to work on? Um, Pepe, yeah. you, you were there, Pepe. Let you give me give me your give me your assessment on what was a disappointing day and, and performance really at Adams Park. Yeah, it was it wasn't great, was it? Uh, it was on TV as well, but it was unfortunate to watch it in the cold and it was absolutely freezing there. Um, but it was disappointing. It was by far Pompey's worst performance of the season. Um, did it top that at Charlton? Probably. Um, they were poor. They were slow to get out of the blocks, really. They were slow the first 25 minutes. Found themselves a goal down. Um, then they tried, they, before the break, they tried to get back into the game. There was a bit more to them. There was a bit more attack going forward. Could have had a penalty. I couldn't really see from where we were sat, but shouts of a penalty um, could have been given, could have changed the game. But I spoke to Michael Morrison afterwards. He said Danny Cowley was riling his troops up at half time. We saw that with the camera footage as well, um, with Sky's access all areas or whatever it was branded with. And they came out better in the second half. And that was reflected in the stands as well. There was a bit more bit more noise coming from the Frat and Faithful behind the goal. And Pompey responded and probably could have got could have got level with Rico Hackett and Dane Scarlett, but didn't quite get it. And then as they put men forward with Josh Caroma coming on coming on, sorry, late in the game. They obviously conceded the second, and that was the killer blow. And did they deserve a point? Did they deserve anything? Probably not. Um, they created created limited chances, but overall weren't really up to what we're used to seeing Pompey this season. Jordy, as as you know, we do ratings at the end of each game, mm-hmm. um, and that was littered with fours and fives. I don't think I've ever seen so many fours and fives in our player ratings. Yeah, spot on. Um... Yeah, I I think we're a bit too generous sometimes with our ratings. I think we can probably come down a notch or two. So if that's uh, you know everyone's got their different scales, but if Neil's coming down to fours, then that's pretty damning. I think. Um, yeah, I I, I, I was uh, the last of the ratings at Morecambe. I was throwing around a few fours then, and that was after a draw. But I was so angry about that, and I'm I'm sure that feeling of um, yeah anger w- w- was prevalent um, after. What um what unfolded? I mean, just for just for clarity, I wasn't at the game. I followed it on on Sky. Um, you don't always get the same feeling, or uh, you know, I, I just think it's important to say that if you're not there, you might just miss out on things that are happening in performances. But for me, every single outfield player, I can't think of too many times I've, I've, you can say that came up short. I think Josh Griffiths probably. He got Neil's man of the match, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, which, which is correct. But in terms of the outfield performances, no one, no one delivered, and a lot of people came up way, way short of the standards expected. It's particularly in that first half, not good enough. I think um, Pepe's assessment was spot on how we, how he described that. Pompey came back into the game after you know after the restart. Did they create enough from that? However, no, they did not. Did they deserve anything from the game? No, they did not. And now, however you look at it, however you want to slice it up, um, all right, let's, 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 let's be fair to Danny Cowley first, all right? So in all competitions, it's five wins from 15. That's the, the everything. 
but you've got trophy matches in that against under twenty one teams, things like that. Uh, but you know, one win win in, in in ten in the league now, isn't it? I mean, three losses in that time. Yes, we've had the the six six draws, but it's five games without a win in the in the in the league. I think I think you're going back kind of six weeks to Forest Green now, aren't you, for the last league success? So yeah. they're the bare numbers. You you know, juggle them around however you want it. But then look at the performances, and the performances aren't delivering them. And I'm gonna you know you can break it down with me further in a minute. You can look at the stats, which um, offer some evidence, and you look at what your eyes are telling you. You throw it all together, and, and Pompey aren't performing in a in a manner for fitness side that's going to be in contention this season. You've you've more or less preempted my next question. Like you've run through a few stats, I'll run through a couple myself. It's it's one win in two and a half months. They haven't. The last win before Forest Green was against Burton on September the thirteenth. They played 10 league games in that time. They've picked up nine points. What is it? One win, six draws, and three losses. Surely that that can't be good enough to get you in the playoffs at the end of the season, can it? No, but it's not. Um, it's not. But okay, the, the, what managers go to first and foremost, and quite rightly, is they don't look at results first. They look at performances. Get the performances right. You might get some imbalances, but results will follow. That is, you know, you might be unlucky on one day, but over an extended period, if you get your performances right, you'll be doing okay. You'll get your your wins, and and you should get you know what what's coming your way. So let's have a look at that, okay? Because yesterday against Wickham, Pompey in the in the first half were woeful. Second half they improved, didn't create enough, as I said. Last league game before that's Derby, poor in the first half, better in the second half. Maybe poor, but okay, that might be a little bit harsh. But better in the second half, produced sustained pressure, but didn't create enough for that sustained pressure. I think that's that's fair. Morecambe, one before that, they were poor. Didn't like them. Really <laughs> you told Danny Curley that, didn't you? <laughs> well, we had a chat. Yeah, I think Danny was, you know, was honest. I don't mind saying it that um, I, I after the game, I said I don't think your players were performing. Danny publicly he defended his players in the interview on our Facebook Live, and that's his lot to do that. And I think that's what most good managers will do. They'll take it on the chin themselves. But he was let down by individual performances on that day for me. And I I I told him I thought he you know players were coming up short uh, after that. Uh poor Shrewsbury dominated possession from what I can remember. I was off for that one, watched it on iFollow, didn't create enough for the you know possession and the dominance. It's not all, you know, caveat is when teams come and park the bus, not always easy to break down, as we've seen many times at Pompey. Oxford, poor in the first half. Took my boy to that game. I was off for that one. Got better in the second half. Poor lad, but at least he got to see his first game under the lights. So that was my little consolation for that one. Uh, but they did get better in that that one. Forest Green, don't think the performances were that good. Mingy was excellent, but did enough and got the win against a team that's struggling really this season. Charlton, Let's, let's not talk about it. <laughs> less said about Charlton, the better. We could rip into him for hours for that performance. Fleetwood, probably similar to one or two of the others, the Shrewsbury's there. Frustrating afternoon. Draw specialist, not easy you know, to give them the benefit, but didn't do enough. And then there was Ipswich, where Pompey were, were second best in their first of it. So, so what you're looking at there, if you put it all together, is Pompey haven't really put a, a complete performance, or even remotely near to a complete performance of it, you know. Forget the stats. Just look at what your eyes are showing. They're not performing. So now look at the reasons why. 
Now you can use the, the stats to inform you a bit there because I'm not completely up to date, but I looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Basically, XG wise, Pompey have kind of really like half their XG. They're not performing, creating the opportunities they were before. On top of that, defensively, they are making mistakes, certainly again underlined yesterday, which they weren't making at the start of the season. So what could have been a nil-nil yesterday would have been a nil-nil early in the season, or maybe nicked a one-nil win, or turned into defeats. These small margins are now going the other way. So this kind of slight downturn in creativity going forward, or you know, XG using that to inform it, and the individual mistakes defensively creeping in, you then kind of creating con- conditions where we're seeing seeing the run that Pompey are now on. Well, then, Pappy was like looking at the fence fleet yesterday. Was that a mistake playing with three at the back yesterday? Um, but I don't know to be honest. It's it's a tough one because they played well for the first sixty minutes against MK Dons. They changed the formation and they they looked all right. And then obviously when MK Dons got their goal, they came at them a little bit and then they went into a back five, which is okay. But when you haven't really got a right back, you haven't really got many other options. So you had to put Owen Dale right wing back and he just wasn't in the game at all yesterday, whether he should have come off or not. He wasn't in the game. They couldn't get him further forward and defensively wasn't quite there in the, in the first half, especially Wickham targeted that right side or yeah, that right side. And really that's where the sort of their chances came from in the first half. And a back three would have probably worked because you haven't got any of those right backs or right wing backs who can play in that position. So you've then just got Michael Morrison to cover on the right side and, Wickham were uh, running circles around him and Owen Dell throughout the first half. And then when they tried to get further forward, Michael Morrison's also trying to get further forward and it just wasn't really working. But if you put him at right back, he has played right back in the past, but you wouldn't really trust him to be your right back, your go-to right back. So playing with a back three is probably the right option to go with. Um, Did it work? No, in terms of they didn't do anything. But they, I don't think they had really other, any other option to go with a back three, to be honest. Well, Jordi, if, if Pepe's dealt with the back there, you, you mentioned the forwards, the XG. And one word that you kept on sort of repeating there, probably without realising, was the word creativity. Are Pompey lacking a real creative force in that they're starting level at the moment? Yeah, I guess so. Just, just one more point. I mean, yeah, on the sort of defensive situation, it was forget the formation. How many look, players were, were crap yesterday? <laughs> they, they came up short. If you're not players aren't performing, forget you can play any formation you want. Individuals were, were short of the levels required. That's why they why they lost that game. Um, so yeah, um, creativity wise, are Pompey this free flowing um, creative force? No, not really. And I don't think they've ever been billed as being that. I think they're um, an organised, diligent team. Um, I think they, they've shown this season that they can score goals in different ways. They can score goals on the counter, which is when they've been really effective at times. They've scored goals from set pieces and they've created chances themselves at times. So they score goals in different ways. They're not going to be... And I, I don't necessarily expect that at, at League One level. Um, you know, there's not many teams that do football their way out of the of the division in mind-blowing fashion. I can think of probably like Wigan a couple of years ago and maybe one or two others. And they normally have the budgets to back it as well when that happens. So no, we don't expect that. Um, but we do expect, um, yeah, 
the sort of the, the levels when it, when it is, as I say, defined in the way that Pompey are, they are organised. They can't afford to come off it. They can't afford for these these uh, chance creation to to drop. And they're not a free flowing team that you know. They're not builders that anyway. So if they're not that team, and they are organised defensively, then they can't make individual mistakes like Clark Robertson being done by David Wheeler for for the first goal. Yeah. Um, and, and mistakes like that coming in in another game. So when those levels drop, it's a recipe for for failure. For Portsmouth, so that's what would probably yeah kind of be a more of a frustration more than the whole South End. We need to be more creative. Pompey have got players that can score goals. They've got players that can create goals. And okay, if we're going to look at the the creativity side, I think it's been labelled that the wingers have been coming up short, haven't they? Those those performances have have have, have come off the you know come down from Owen Dale's been up and down. Roma has been disappointing more often than not lately. Um, so yeah, again, that's another factor in a whole host of factors that are kind of leading to where Pompey are at the moment. Pepe, like in terms of creativity, you could classify Tom Laurie as maybe a creative player. Michael Jacobs definitely a creative player. Neither of them were available for Pompey yesterday, but Rico Hackett was. And I have to admit, I thought Rico Hackett's second half was actually decent. I thought he, he probably was the standout outfield player for Pompey. He always, to me, he always shows he's got a wee bit about him that can create something out of nothing. He's got the skills, but he just doesn't seem to get the opportunities. Was that not another game for him to be the creative force then, if, if it's something that is lacking there? Yeah, he. What game was it? I think it was the Oxford game where he got man of the match, and that was when we finally saw the best of Rico Hackett. Danny Cowley's gone on for so long about, oh, if we can get Rico Hackett to take his performance on the performances off the training field onto the pitch, then we he could give us something different. And the last couple of weeks, when he's been on the pitch, he's been like you said, one of Pompey's most creative players. And he came on yesterday and he had a shot after four minutes and it went out for a throw-in. But that was that he was getting into areas where other people weren't in the first half. And he, it's just about consistency with him, really. It's He can do it, but you have to trust him to do it. And he, you have to give him that confidence. And sometimes at the end of MK Dons, he was fading a little bit, but at the start of the game, he was really good as well. Did, did he probably fit into the system yesterday? Maybe not. But you could have put him on the left instead of Curtis because Curtis didn't really do much yesterday. Um, Hackett came on the left, and or wherever he came on, left or right. I think they switched positions quite a few times. Um, but he did offer something different, and that's what we're seeing. We're finally seeing the best of Rico Hackett. And the more he gets on the pitch, and the more confidence he gets, then the more free flowing he is, the more creative he is. But just another point as well about Michael Jacobs last season. I think it was after Christmas where he came back from injury. We were all hailing Michael Jacobs as Pompey's creative mastermind. He's the one that gets Pompey scoring goals. We can't rely on one player to get make all the creative. We 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 can't rely on one person to create everything. Is what I'm trying to get at. And there was a lot of pressure on Michael Jacobs last season when he did come back in. He then got injured again, and then Pompey. Oh, lo and behold, they're not scoring again. Um, so they have to have, yeah, it's good having creative individuals, but you need to have creative players on the pitch at all times. And you have to rely on players when they're, when people like Michael Jacobs and Rico Hackett aren't in the team. You've got Dane Scarlett 
Ronan Curtis, players like that, you have to call on them at some point to really get your goals because Michael Jacobs isn't injury, he's injury prone and you can't rely on him to get your goals, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, well sticking with you, Pepe, like, let, seeing as because you were at the game and you would have seen um, throughout the game or heard throughout the game, there, there was a little bit of discontent, let's put it that way, amongst those 2,000 fans that were there. Again, 20 minutes in, they were, they were coming out with comments throughout the first half over there. And at the final whistle, um, when Carly and the players went up to thank them for their for their support, there was a, there was a few chants. What did you make of the situation? It's never nice. Um, I think Neil brought up, um, it sort of reminded him, not fully, but of Wickham away a couple of years ago with all the fan unrest with Kenny Jacket. Yeah, I'm not saying it's anything like that at all. But there was starting, there were Pompey fans were starting to get a little bit uneasy when that first goal went in. When that first goal went in, Panini <laughs> <laughs> just gone flying. <laughs> <laughs> I was showing off my uh, um, Camembert, the Prosciutto Panini, and it's just fallen off the floor. Sorry, Very unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying any, it was anything like how it was with Kenny Jacket, but there was starting to get there was a bit of fan unrest in the stands and that was noticeable. I don't know how clear, Geordie, it was on the TV, but in the ground especially, we could hear a few moans and groans. There was a few chants of forever in League One. Uh, Danny sorts it out. What I found quite disappointing is after 20 minutes, they were singing what they were singing at the end of 4-0 against Ipswich last season of we've got the ball, we've lost the ball. Yeah, fans can have their own opinion and no one says they can't and they can voice what they want, but 20 minutes into a game and you're only one of down, yes, you're not playing well, but the role of supporters is to get behind the team, not make them make them lose confidence and really get on their backs early doors. You want that support, you want to push them on. Yes, they're not playing well, but it's a bit harsh, really, when you're only 20 minutes into the game. And it wasn't nice hearing all the boos. And I think it is this is where Danny Cowley said at the start of the season, oh, the real adversity will come later in the season we're finally seeing that we're finally seeing Pompey coming coming under pressure seeing what they're made of and it's not really going their way and Pompey fans have their way of saying how they feel and I feel at the moment it's starting to creep in and this is the first time under Danny Cowley really where we're starting to see that because last season not saying it was a like a given season it was a buy season he wanted three transfer windows he got those three transfer windows last season was formula squads make make some more changes. He started players from under Kenny Jacket in that squad. Now it's his squad. And I saw a stat over last night and two wins in eleven is not good. Two wins in two and a half oh, a win in two wins in two and a half months is not what you want to be doing. And we're finally seeing what Pompey made of and unfortunately they're sort of cracking at the moment. So what I'm saying to that is Pompey fans have their opinions and they can have that. And we're finally seeing Finally, seeing cracks starting to appear in that Pompey's team. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't personal opinion. I don't agree with Bowen. Um, it's mm. right supportable. But like, uh, at Morecambe, for example, they were fantastic. The fans, I thought they were really good in what was a quite a bleak afternoon. They really got behind the team, and then they booed at half-time whistle. They made their feeling, which I haven't got so much of a problem with if it's on the whistle. I mean, but during the game, get behind them. But I don't, as a concept, I don't. I've never seen what booing, what good ever came out of booing. 
Well, like there was booze at half time. There was a a feet chance at the final whistle, but there was a lot of gallows humor, which I found, which I found funny. And I thought Pompey fans, the no drop against it today, they're 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 just showing their frustrations in a a comical way. I I don't think it was any nastiness really got there, but at the same time too. It, it does show you, like, as Pepe says... It will translate, though, won't it? It will. That will translate to the players in the game. We're not dealing with... We're dealing with, um, you know, people, individuals with confidence and that things like that will, will affect them. And it's been a real... real. And let's remember we're unbeaten at home since January the 31st as well. So, and the, the, the whole story of the first part of the season was how the team reacted off the real groundswell of positivity and reaction to adversity when probably were conceding the fans really carried them through so there is that I don't I'll don't, I get the gallows humor I just don't think that I, I know that would probably great on the management that 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 chant that particular chant that Pepe was referring to mm-hmm. um but fine but I just don't in terms of creating a positive environment for, for you know, which Pompey fans have always been quite good at, I just think do that, and then if you make your feelings known on the full time whistle or half time whistle, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of get that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, this is not a hammering um, because you can't have it both ways. You can't have you know the Pompey fans were being ha- held uh, for, for how crucial they were when Pompey were topping the table, um, and and they, and that remains a, a big part of how things are. So. Um, yeah, just just keep it in context as well. But I think Pepe that 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 particular point he's, he's got a point to it. Yeah, yeah. Just on the subject matter, like when you when you're out of the way ground, you see nearly two thousand Pompey fans there. That should give you confidence as a player. If 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 a player's confidence is lacking slightly, the fact that there's two thousand people there there to cheer you on, there to willing you to do well, should be a confidence booster. I I was at Far Green, for example, on Saturday. Far Green against. Cambridge United, Cambridge United had something like two hundred fans there and a crowd of two two thousand, and you're sort of way going. Well, I can see maybe why Cambridge mightn't be up for a game they got there. Like, but if you're a Pompey player and you got that back in there, that there must be a fantastic oh, yeah. force. Like, it get, it get, I don't know. Every character is different. I'd like to think that my you know involved in that would that would get me really up for it. And you know, I only play football to a certain level, but I always like to. Playing those, like you know, any even any sort of crowd would, would get me fired fired up. But then I've also seen Pompey, and and it's happening now as well. There are some, at League One level, these players have got faults, and and even at higher level, you, you know, confidence can be a brittle commodity, and it will get affected. There's players in Pompey like Josh Caroma at the moment. Confidence has, has taken a hit. So, I've also seen Pompey. Um, and and the size of the club, particularly in the lower tiers of football, I've seen it consume many players, and it'd be be too much for them, and they've just they've just not been able to handle it. Uh, so that's undoubtedly a factor as well. And you've got young some young players in there at the moment, people like Jay Mingy. You see his form fluctuate. What a talent he is! Mm. But he will his form will fluctuate, and his confidence will will ebb and flow because he's just he's he's a young lad learning learning the game. And you could probably put the kind of the Chromas and the Owen Dales in that. In, I mean, Dane, Dane Scarlett's a rare exception, though. I mean, I think he's just so single-minded. That it's just incredible that even, even 18, he, he can get on with it. Uh, but definitely a factor. If you need to create the right conditions. And I know that's why Danny Cowley's worked so hard at trying to show the supporters what's going on and what they're doing and how they're operating 
and there's been social media to that extent to help give an insight into what's working at Pompey and how they're trying to develop things. And that was kind of played into creating the conditions that Pompey thrived in for much of the first part of the season. Maybe we just need to get back to that a bit more. Pepe, I think Danny said after the game, he says Wickham were like a wounded animal after their recent form or recent defeat. If Pompey don't show the exact same wounded animal mentality at Accrington on Saturday, is that when maybe the nuts turns up a wee bit in terms of fans going, well, this isn't going the way we really, really wanted to go? Yeah, of course. We, uh, Accrington, sorry, that's it, Accrington's always a tough game away. But it's a game Pompey should win. Pompey, Pompey, here just for the record, Pompey have only won there once in eight visits since something like 2013. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. We went there and the season with Paul Cook and did a number on him. It just felt like a rare, yeah, the rare one. That was the Remy Bogle. Remember Remy Bogle? Yeah. Michael Doyle Weldy, that one? Yeah. That one. Yeah. Here's one one else for you. Who's the only current member of the Pompey squad who was involved that day? Oh. Let me have a look. No, don't be looking. <laughs> That's oh, okay, all right. Not, not Ronan, no. You'll never get it. Uh, go on in. Kieran uh, Freeman. Kieran Freeman? Wow. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. But anyway, yeah. Pepe, yes. Uh, yeah. It makes Saturday's game at Arkington a, a, a yeah. big game for Pompey, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. On paper, Pompey should win it. Uh, they've got a better squad. They've got better players. Uh, and the expectation on the Pompey fans is that they should go out there and win it. Um, whether that's true or not, but we'll have to wait and see. Again, it's one of those ones. Pompey fans have their view of we should go out there and beat them. It's only Accrington. Um, on paper, they're also on. They're struggling as well. So they should really go out there. And that could be... I've seen on social media... Um, Fans saying Wickham and Accrington, if that doesn't, if Pompey don't pick up a win in either of them. Oh, come, come off it, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, finish the sentence, what you say, well, time for a change. No, you're, yeah, you're ruining the flow. Um, <laughs> no, the, the pressure's really on then, isn't it? If they don't if they don't turn up at Accrington, then the pressure has rightly has to be on them because you have to beat sides like Accrington and Wickham to get promoted. You can't win playing free-flowing football every week. Um, you have to play against the Wickhams and the Atkinsons who will come at you, or not come at you, but will be strong defensively. Um, they'll be strong physically, and you have to counter that. And Atkinson away, like you just said, is not a nice fixture for Pompey in the past, um, but it's a game Pompey should win. It sh- they should win if they want to be a promotion contending side. It's teams like Wigan a couple of years ago, other teams that have gone to places like Accrington and won. You have to win against teams like Accrington and teams like, yeah, MK Dons, your Burtons. You have to beat them uh, to be promoted. And the pressure will could be on um, on Saturday afternoon if they don't turn up. I'm going to come out with a big statement now. Pompey will not win on Saturday. No way. Seriously? Wow. Uh, Accrington won't win either. And it, be, and it won't be a draw either. Get <laughs> killed off. <laughs> There's my predict. I've been doing my Michael Fish thing, which is probably a bad example. Um, yeah, look at the weather forecast for this week. And we've got a story coming out this afternoon at hawksworth.co.uk. But we've uh, minus two tomorrow, loads of minus five on Wednesday and Thursday, minus four on Friday, 
and minus three on Saturday. I'm just going to throw it out there that there's a good chance this game's not going ahead. <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't want to be on the road at half past seven having the game being called off when we're halfway up the country already. Well, <laughs> I've, I've had a chat with our, our good friends at Accrington. And by the way, if it does get called off, I don't want to hear this nonsense about oh, your Tim Pot Club and all this stuff. I mean, it, which you see, but they get they get it Atkinson time again. It's not; it's ridiculous. I think Atkinson will make an early call on it, um, it but it's going to be out of their hands. From what I understand, they spent they've invested. The pitch is okay at the moment. Um, they've invested on the pitch. Uh, they've had two home games on the bounce last two. Um, it's fine at the moment. The temperature's fine at the moment, but it, as you said, the Arctic blast. If you uh, we're hearing a lot about. It's coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> to quote Game of Thrones, but I, 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 I certainly hope with England on seven o'clock on Saturday that they do make an early call. But they, I think they probably will do. Um, they'll not want to. Bear in mind they've got Coley's bar, and if they've got a, they're, 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 they're going to lose out on a hell of a lot of money with England playing. Yeah, at the yeah. Uh, apparently they've been that bar's been their 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 newly uh, refurbed Coley's bar. It's been packed for all the England games so far already. Uh, so they're going to, and just uh, they've won it. They had, a, I think, they had one in ten themselves in the league, but they've had a kind of run of three wins and a draw mm. lately. So they're on an upward curve. Um, they want to, they have a captive audience at that game and keep the fans there. So they they will want the game to go ahead. Atkinson, yeah. no doubt about that. From a financial, for a small club, if they can get that bar packed out, they they will want people in there. Uh, that's certainly the case. It's just it will be out of their hands, won't it? If, they, if yeah. they've got covers there, but the I mean, remember was it two thousand and twenty? We had the uh, the frozen pitch, they had covers on then, and it got frozen off. Still, going all the way back to two thousand and fourteen, there was another one called off, but that was a waterlogged pitch. Yeah, and then there was the start of the first COVID pandemic. Do you remember Pompey had one called off? That was exactly. Uh, so what is it about Pompey and Atkinson and Gaming? Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, if I was a betting man, and uh, as I say, I might be going a bit Michael Fish and calling it wrong. <laughs> the Met Office, I'm, I'm happy to go with the experts at the Met Office when they're, they're with their with their forecast. And I, I do say to the missus when she's trying to plan for like going to places, oh, she look she look two weeks in advance. I say, well, it's going to be like. Don't be stupid. Look the day before. Like, <laughs> it changed five times before, but if it's consistently minus temperatures and there's this Arctic blast coming, <clears> think it's, um, it's going to be a yeah, it might be a challenge to get that game on on Saturday. Well, lads, we're down there final two minutes, and Jordy, I just want to pick up one final point from you. Um, it, and it's burning mind that it's it's on the back of Pompey's current form. You spoke to Richard Hughes, the new sporting director, last week. Yeah, you think this current form? Has made his job a wee bit more tougher coming into January. Is there? Can we expect a bit more urgency in January? Not that there wasn't going to be any urgency. But that is no, um, no, I mean it may, maybe externally it makes some more noise, but um, it's not Richard Hughes and his his remit. It's not about knee jerk, is it? It's not about reacting to results. He's the whole ethos of that role is to take a long-term assessment for things. So I'm, I'm conscious of the time ticking down. I could talk about this for a number of minutes, but um, he uh, is aware, and we've done the story to that extent, that the, uh, the immediate priority is the January window. He was quite honest. We asked him, you know, I thought he'd say, I'm going to take a you know overarching role. He, he used the term, I'm going to be hands-on, hands-on in the window. Um, so he's very keen, very uh, sort of switched on, eloquent man, nice chat, no ego, 
really wants to come in and, and, and get to work and put the graft in. Um, but yeah, if you've got time, just Google what he's done, um, and we will do some stories to this extent, but what he did at, uh, at Forest Green with Abu Adams, Kitchen, Nicky Cadden, Kane Wilson, these broken toys, as he calls them. Um, and probably started to do it a bit with Jay Mingy and Zach Swanson, the, the cast off from the big academies, and we will be looking for that uh, moving forward, and that'd be a priority, but certainly a priority, and that, that and the loans in the January window. Happy, we've got 40 seconds. Um, loans. Is there is there uh, is there anything Poppy will be looking to do with the loans that they currently have? Do you think thirty uh, seconds? <laughs> maybe maybe questions on Joe Piggott, why he's not playing? Will they look elsewhere, bringing another striker? Uh, hopefully they Dane Scarlett and Owen Dale don't get recalled. I think they're the two Pompey will want to keep. Josh Caroma as well. Questions need to be asked on on his future. But give you yeah. a question, then I'll give you five seconds to answer. <laughs> yeah. Just wind up. Right. Just the them. Thank you, lads. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey. <laughs>